that. And so um, I, I want to speak a message this morning, and I, I tell you this, that usually we, we, we teach in series. The reason is we can connect one week to the next, because how I many know there's a lot of stuff in here we need to learn? So the easiest thing to do is teach series so we can stay connected week to week. And so um, this month, we're actually doing a series that's not a series. It's called No Series September. And so each week is kind of a message. It stands on its own, connected to each message. And I would encourage you to go back to, next, to last week and, and listen to what we said because um, I really talked about how to be vigilant against the devil. And so it was a great message. Somewhere in there, there was a power hit, right? So there's a little bit that missed. But other than that, it was a great message. The pastor was on fire that Sunday. So anyway, she had some good things to say. Um, and I would encourage you to come next week because um, this week, if my wife doesn't smash me before Tuesday, we will make uh, twenty. Make our twenty. Make we will celebrate our twenty fifth year anniversary. And so next week, um, we just thought we, we would take a cool morning and just um, do a message together called "What We Wish We Knew Before We Got Married." And so you don't want to miss that. That'll be next week. Um, and, and so I brought something with me this morning that probably everyone knows how to use, and you probably have one or more of these in your house. And they're very useful. Some people are better at using them than other people are. They probably have caused a few fights in a few houses, and that would be this thing right here. (laughs) The remote control. And the way I look at it, Men and women use it differently. My wife will get a hold of this, and she's just not as skilled at using the remote control. Um, I think men are just better at using the remote control um, because she will start through the channels, and she gets stuck on a channel. Even if she doesn't want to watch it, she just gets stuck. For men, it's more about what else is on that we might discover as we use the, the, the remote. I'm like, you have a remote because it goes to all the other channels, Right? So, but, but, but the reason why I hold this up is, you know, the importance of this is obviously so you can tune in to a channel, tune out a channel, record, delete. And some of you will not believe this. So some of you have to back me up. There was actually a time in history when these didn't exist. You had to set your soda down from your recliner get up and it was terrible. You had to walk across all the way, I mean like 12 feet, all the way across the living room, turn the channel, go back and sit down. There were like six channels back then, maybe 12, right? But you had to, we were in much better shape back then, right? But now you can just, you can just do this, right? Well, the reason why I tell you, anyone remember those days? Anyone that just sounds like a blur to you? It's like, what were wrong with you people back then? Yeah, well, that's when we rode in wagons and things like that. But, but the reason why I pull this out today is because just like this can tune some things in, tune some things out, turn some things off, turn some things on, delete some things. I, I, I feel we should have a spiritual remote in our lives. And there needs to be some things, we, you know, we just hit the delete button on. There needs to be some things, maybe we need to hit the record button. Sometimes there need to be some things we need to tune into a channel, tune out a channel, and sometimes we just need to turn some things off. And, and I do believe that we should have a spiritual remote in our lives. And so what I want to share with you today, it's a standalone message, and it's a little different than I'm usually kind of message I, I teach sometimes, but really what I'd ask for the next few moments is don't give me just your ears, give me your heart. Because I want to say some things I feel like the Lord really directed me toward. And if you just open your heart, I think it'll help us make some changes and rearrangements, and we can all elevate to, to, to another level. So y'all ready to go this morning? So we're going to Acts chapter 15, and Acts chapter 15 
um, what, what's happening is it was called the Jewish Council. And so he, he, here's the setting. The gospel had started to move among the Gentile people. Anyone glad for that? Most, I assume most of us here are, are Gentile. I mean, they, they weren't the Hebrew people. And so Jewish people are becoming saved and born again. They're coming into the faith. And it's happening very rapidly. And so out of these, and the, the Gentile people were used to a very, very pagan culture around them. And so now they're getting saved out of this and born again. And it's an exciting time. And then the Jewish leaders of the time began to teach the new Jew, Gentile converts that the only way you could really be saved was that you would have to physically be circumcised. And the only way you could stay saved was you had to have a physical circumcision. And so they were, they were now imp, imp, implying or, or inputting these um, Jewish ritual um, laws that had been around the Jewish customs for years, and they were placing them on these new converts. And so they were hearing about salvation, but they're, they're carrying this weight of all these religious principles and rituals. And news got all the way back to Paul. And the Bible says that Paul got very angry about what was being teached. He, he actually got so, he got in so much disagreement with what was being teached that they called a Jewish council. And he traveled to Jerusalem and there he met with the, the, um, the, the, the church leaders of the time. And there he met with the, the other apostles and they started to debate. And if you read the chapter, you're going to read that the language gives us the idea that this was a heavy, heavy um, debate. And they, it was very confrontational. And Paul and the apostles were very, very adamant as they discussed this, that there should be no Jewish rituals or religious rituals that were put on people to become a Christian, that it came down to faith in the grace of God. And they said there should be nothing else added. And obviously that, that's, the, that's the conclusion that was made. That was the proper conclusion. So after all this meeting, after all this debate, which was called the Jewish Council, then James and Peter and Paul got up and they summarized and they told the people what the outcome of their meetings were. And so um, how many love meetings? Exactly. So they travel all this way to have these meetings. It was important. How many know a meeting you don't want to go to is a meeting that has conf conflict, has some confrontation, but you got, you got to get some answers and some solutions. And here's what they said in chapter 15, verse 28 and verse 28. This was the conclusion of all of this debate. And the apostles said this, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and it seemed good to us. I mean, that's a good place to be, right? So what he's saying, you know, it seemed like this is what the Holy Spirit was saying, and this felt good to us, that we would lay on you no greater burden than except for these few things. So what they're saying is all those religious things, those traditions uh, that had been with the Hebrew people, that's not the issue here. The issue was the issue of the heart being saved, putting your faith in the grace of God. But they said that they, we would add nothing to this except... They gave a few things that they wanted them to know about. And they said this, that you would abstain. Everyone say abstain. You would abstain from things that were offered to idols, from blood, from things strangled, and from sexual immorality. If you keep yourself from these things, guess what? You're going to do well. So out of this big debate, out of the conclusion they made, they said, we're not going to add any of these things on the neck of people other than faith in the grace of God. And we would leave you with these few things that we encourage you to abstain from. Now, the, the, the word uh, abstain in our language isn't as intense as the word in the Greek language. And, and, and so the, the word in the English, or, or the, the real word in the Greek language, abstain, it's not really a word we use a lot, but it would, it would mean this, that you make a deliberate choice to refrain yourself 
from something. It also means that you would hold yourself off deliberately or you would deliberately withdraw from something. You would put distance between it and you. So it gives us this idea that it's a choice that's intentional. It's a choice that's continuous. The Bible also references the word moderation, which means that you refrain yourself or you restrain yourself, you limit yourself to something. But the word abstain and the word moderate is totally different. So to abstain from something, uh, a form of that would be the word abstinence, which means you make a deliberate choice to put distance between whatever that is and you. And Paul had to do that because, you know, us, uh, us peoples like to find the gray areas. How far can I go? How much can I get away with? And, and uh, I know not you guys, but man, the 930 crowd really deals with that. Um, but Paul came along and said, we're not going to add any more rituals on you. We're not going to put, and it goes back to the book of Leviticus. We're not going to put any of those dietary restrictions on you. This is not what it's about, but we will tell you to abstain. And so I believe that that's an old word, but what I'd like to do today is bring that title into a message that I think we need to hear. And my title today would be this, The Art of Abstinence. And when I say the art, I mean the plan, the strategy of abstaining from some things the Bible talks about. Now, the Bible mentions some things, um, uh, sexual promiscuity or fornication. We understand that. It talks about um, different foods. It talks about foods offered to idols. And so really, I think what the Bible is saying, there are these three areas that we need to abstain from, idolatry, disunity, and impurity. So we're not going to get caught up in the actual foods and all that sort of thing. But there's a message here that the apostle said, no more rituals, no more things like that added, but we are going to challenge you to abstain in the areas of purity, unity, and idolatry. And so I want to look at those three things today because I do believe for us as believers, there's an art to this. And, and, and unfortunately, when I sort of watch the church world, I feel like over the last few years, we've tried to become so relevant to the culture that we're in that we're starting to look just like the culture. And, and the Bible says we're of it, but, but we're in it, but we're not of it. And I'm not saying the church should be out on an island. I'm not saying that at all. We should influence culture. But we've got to be very aware and very alert that culture's not influencing us. And I will put it to you this week. It sort of goes a little bit back to what I said last week, but there's a real devil out there. And he is looking for access to our lives. And he's just waiting for us to let our guard down and expose ourselves so he can come in and create some very um, spiritually unhealthy consequences in, in, in our lives. And that's why I brought, brought the remote out this morning. There needs to be some areas of our life that, that we need to just tune out of some channels, tune into some different channels, delete some channels. We need, we need to use a spiritual remote in our lives. And here's why. Because there are influences all around us in the world we live in and that's what they're trying to do is to persuade us and influence us. And we're trying to live for God and we want the blessings of God and we want to go to the next level. And there are so many influences hitting us and some we're just allowing. And as long as we're allowing them, we, we've got to make some lines. We've got to draw some lines. It has to become more black and white than it does gray in our lives. And I want to talk about that for a few moments. And, and I know what you're thinking, Pastor, and you speak a lot about grace. Where's this message coming from? Well, let me tell you this. There's always grace. We always need grace. There's always forgiveness but, but we're not to abuse that grace. Um, and, and I want to say this to you because I, I preach faith and grace all the time. But grace doesn't eliminate consequences from our lives. 
Are we forgiven? You bet. But there are often consequences that come. So grace doesn't eliminate consequences. And, and those things come because of the choices we make. And so if we can make sure we stay in the right sphere of influence and we're making the right decisions with things, guess what? The, 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 the blessing and the hand of God and the grace of God can move on your life in greater degrees than you ever imagined. So there is an art to abstinence. And so I know it sounds like a weird title. It's like a different message than you're used to. But there are some things that we need to put deliberately a distance between us and some things and some people in our lives. Y'all ready to go? Yeah. And so when I was um, getting ready to do this message, you know, um, you probably wonder why I always preach in like three points. And I joke about Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. But it's just usually the way God gives it to me. And he gives it to me that way, I think, so I can give it to you so you can take it home and put it into practice. If someone says, hey, here's two or three things, I got you. If I got up here and I said, I'm about to share with you 27 points of how you can, you're gonna check out immediately, right? I would even check out, I'd just be reading you stuff. But hey, if there's two or three things I can rearrange in my life so that God has an open door to do more, how many of those two or three things are worth doing? And so I'll be honest with you, I only had two. And it doesn't mean I have to have three, but I was ready to come up here with a message. Which I don't know if I've ever preached a two point message. And my wife said, it's all right. No one says you have to have three. And all of a sudden I said, you know what? I can't preach those other two messages unless I start with this first, this first or those other points, unless I start with this first point. So this art to abstinence. Let, let, let me say this first of all too, that no one can make you abstain from anything. It's a choice that you continuously make and intentionally make. So let, here we go. Y'all ready? We have to make a choice, first of all, to be purposeful to honor God above all things. It's an intentional, continual choice that we make that we're going to honor. Everyone say honor. We're going to honor God above all things. What was the very first commandment? Put God first and don't put anything else above him. See, Paul warned him and Paul said, you need to abstain from food offered to idols. And really in context, he was saying, don't take the food off the altar and eat that. That's for God. It was just ritualistic stuff. So it wasn't the issue of that. It was this whole issue of idolatry. And I know it's a little different today. No one probably is going to go home today and you have a little idol that's carved out of wood or, or, or shaped or, or, or made as a statue and you go in your house and you, you bow before it. We, we, we don't do that in our culture. But idolatry means this, anything you put above God. It, it means this, anything that you make the source of your life, that's what you worship. And so Paul's warning, he said, anything in your life that takes the place of God, you need to abstain from that. You need to make sure God's first place. He's the priority. He's the focus. So when I say honor, I mean this. The word honor means put weight on. And I believe this. Above everything in our life, we have to continue to make a decision to honor God. His will, his word, and his ways. Everyone say honor again. Honor is not a word we hear a lot about in our culture anymore, but it's just a decision that you need to make and I need to make on an everyday basis, very intentional, very continual. I'm going to honor God above everything else, which means this. If the word of God says it, I'm going to honor it. I'm not going to raise my opinion. I'm not going to raise my desires. I'm not going to raise my impulses. I'm not going to raise my wants up above what God said. Because a lot of people will say this. Well, I know that's what it said, but that's the Bible, man. It was written a long time ago. This is my opinion. Well, the moment you raise your opinion, you're, that, that means you're putting your pride above what God said. Well, this is what I think. And just to be honest, I don't want to hurt your feelings, but it really doesn't matter what you think. If what you think is in contradiction to what Jesus said, somebody's wrong, and guess who it's not? It's not God. But we just need to come to a place where we say, you know what? God said it. That settles it for my life. That's the will of God. That's the, the ways of God. The word of God, the will of God, the ways of God, that, 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 they're all the same thing, and I'm choosing to honor that. 
And this is where it starts. I, I'm, I'm not going to let my life follow. Because sometimes idolatry could be things like this. It could be a relationship. It could be my career path. It could be finances. It could be anything that I start to elevate is more important than God. And Paul warns, he said, you've got to abstain yourself from anything that's going to take the place of God. He didn't say moderation. He said abstinence. And there's an art to it just saying, you know what? If, if that person, I don't care how fine they are, and I want to be with them and date them, if they don't match up what God said, guess what? I'm abstaining from that relationship. But he's hot. <laughs> or she's hot. But I think we have a connection. I, I, I just want to, I want to date him so I can reach him. Well, the Bible doesn't say find the gray area. Because let me tell you, how many have ever made some decisions based out of the gray areas? God puts them, he put it in ink because it's black and white. It's there for us. So above everything, we got to keep making this choice. I'm going to honor God. If my feelings should not be in opposition to the word, my feelings should line up with what the word of God says. And so we, we, we're going to honor God. It's a choice we've got to keep making to put weight on what God said. Put weight on the will of God. Put weight on the word of God. Put weight on the ways of God. I'm going to put weight on that in my life, and I'm going to honor it above everything else. It's a choice I have to make. The, the, the second thing is I'm, I'm going to make a choice to be responsible to keep myself from anything that causes me to compromise. It's a choice I'm going to make. It's going to be intentional and it's going to be continual that I'm going to take the spiritual remote of my life and keep myself from anything that's going to cause me to compromise. See, what Paul was dealing with was idolatry. And Paul was also dealing with, the Bible said this, he said, you need to abstain, and he used the word sexual immorality, but that can be any type of immorality. That can be any type of impurity. So now Paul's dealing with, with the, the issue of holiness and the issue of purity, the issue of impurity, and he says this, he says, you need to put some distance deliberately between things that are impure and your life. Y'all are quiet. L listen to this scripture, it's in 1 Thessalonians, and it says this, abstain from every form of what? Evil. Not only should we abstain from the evil, but anything that forms itself as evil. And so if we looked at it this way, there are some areas of our life that I believe we need to take a spiritual remote and intentionally turn the channel. Are y'all with me? Because here's why. There are things that the devil, um, the Bible says we shouldn't give the devil a place in our life. And for those of you, a lot of times we have some oil and gas people here, you probably are very familiar with what they call topographical maps, which show you the elevation and place, all that sort of thing. This is where the word um, topographical map came from. It means don't give the devil a place of topography in your life. Don't give him an actual place in your life. In context, is actually talking about unforgiveness. But we can give the devil, the devil has to act legally around your life. And sometimes we give him access points. It'd be the idea of him getting his snarly little fingers or toes inside the door that you may have opened up in your life. Now, if we've done that, we repent, we close the door. But the Bible says, don't give him a place. Don't give him access. He's just waiting for you to let your guard down and expose yourself so he gets an access place into your thoughts, into your life, into your heart, into your feelings. And we've all done that. Amen? We've all done that. But the Bible says this. We've got to, in our lives, make continual decisions, and we have to be responsible to do it. Everyone say responsible. So we don't hear a lot about honor, and we don't hear a lot about responsibility, do we? Our culture, everyone else is responsible for me, right? Except for me. Well, how many know that's not right? 
If that was right, culture would be in a much better place. And so the, the Gentiles are becoming born again on a rapid base. I mean, it's happening very quickly. It's happening very strongly. But they're getting saved out of a very, very, very pagan culture. Uh, 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 for example, a, a Gentile would go to worship in a temple, and it was very common when they went into that temple, their worship included intoxication. It, it, it included sexual immorality. There were actually prostitutes who worked in the temples, and you would go um, join yourself with them for a worship experience. I mean, it was messed up. So, the, so people were getting saved out of this culture, and all they knew was their hearts were being changed, and they needed to be taught the word of God. And, and, and now all these Jewish laws were being put on, and so that's why Paul said, you need to abstain, you need, you need, don't worry about those rituals, but abstain your, yourself from these things of impurity, because if you get too close to it, you're going to fall back under it. And so underneath of this, let me spend just a moment on a couple of things. I, I believe when Paul's talking here about the fact that we need to put some distance between us and things that are impure, or put some distance or, or make a deliberate choice to refrain ourselves or hold ourselves off from some things. I think there are these three categories that, that, that I wanted to throw out there to you this morning. And the first of all is we've got to make sure that we're not allowing people into our lives that are gonna cause us to compromise. Now, are we to love people? Absolutely. Are we to reach people? Are we to influence people? Absolutely. But I'm talking about the circle of people that have influence in your life. The Bible is very clear that the wrong people involved in the sphere of your life will corrupt your character. And so we, we, I'm not telling you to go to work tomorrow and be like, my pastor said, I can't hang with you no more. I'm not telling you to do that. But what I am saying to you, you we need to watch who's in the circle of influence in our life. See, God brought you out of some things. I'm just talking about the people that you're going to spend a lot of time with because they will have an influence on your life. You're trying to go higher. You're trying to go further in the things of God and people start having an influence and speak and they'll bring you right back. Down. It'll cause compromise in your life. Matter of fact, this happens all the time, but if, if you are a married person, the one of the worst things you could do is be around a lot of unsaved people who are bitter about a divorce in their life because they'll try to pull you right down into that. Amen. Come on, I know it's a different message this morning, but we've got to be able to take a spiritual remote in our life and say, you know what? There's, there's a few people I need, to, I need to delete out of my tight circle. And I know that doesn't sound really, really biblical, but it is. See, the Bible says this, that you need to take charge of your. It says above everything you do, you need to guard your what? You need to guard your heart. So if there's some people that are gonna mess with your heart, there's some people that are gonna cause you to compromise in your life. Now don't go home to your husband and wife and say, hey, guess what? I need to delete you from my life. That's not what I'm talking about. But I'm talking about the, I'm talking about the tight relationships. Not just, hey, we, I work by this person. Like I said, don't show up at work tomorrow and be like, my pastor said, I can't work by you anymore. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is we gotta watch because they have influence in our life. And anybody that causes me to compromise my walk with Jesus, my heart toward Jesus, that, that, that they need to be kept at a distance. Here's another area, not just the people in your life. How about this? The places in your life that will entice you to compromise. And by that, I mean the environments. You know, the relationships can cause you to compromise. There's also some environments that will cause you to compromise. And by environments, I just mean some of the places that you could go. And, and honestly, this is a scripture right here to say, you know what? There are places you just shouldn't be as a believer. You shouldn't be in the club shouldn't be in the bar. This is a scripture for that. Why? Because you're taking yourself and putting yourself back under an environment that will influence you. He said, well, you know what? I just, I just like to be there because I like the beat. I just like the music. Well, well th th there's just some places. 
that, that we shouldn't be because it will cause us. Now, here's, here's, here's a story. Um, I remember this from years ago that there, there was a, 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 me and my friends had this friend and um, he was really, he really struggled with substance abuse. And I was there the night he got saved and man, he got delivered. It was, have you ever just seen some people like, I never thought they would ever get touched and delivered. They were delivered and it was immediate. Broke all that stuff off of him. And he was doing really good. He was in church all the time. He was growing. And all of a sudden, he started missing a little bit. And so, hey, man, where you been? Oh, I was up too late last night. And then the more he talked, he went back to the bar scene. He went back to the club scene. And so we kind of confronted him and said, man, this, you know, this is not where you, I just like the music, man. I'm trying to reach people there. I'm like, man, this is, this is not going to end well. And all of a sudden he just, we stopped seeing him and we knew that he fell back into that scene because he put himself back under that environment and that influence. And it wasn't long after that, that he got, he just got hammered. I mean, he was high and he passed out in the car with his friends and they got so scared that uh, in the middle of the night, they just dumped him out of the car along the road, not too far from his house, in a ditch. The only thing that saved his life that night was the fact that his brother worked the night shift and he came home in the middle of the night and found him laying in a ditch and they got him to the hospital and it saved his life. But the whole problem was he got himself back under those influences. And guys, we all need to take a spiritual remote to some of the places in our life. So there are, there are people there are environments, and you know what, then there are just some things that can influence us to compromise, and sometimes it's just entertainment, and just let me spend a moment here, because I'm not the kind of pastor that gives you a list of places you should and shouldn't go, uh, but I'm the kind of pastor that's going to teach you that you need to use a spiritual remote and make some good decisions in your life, and you've got to watch the influences in your life, and, and, and there's often just some entertainment that, you know what, we need to put the delete button to. And I'm not telling you that every movie and every song is wrong. But I am telling you, you've got to be able to distinguish the difference. And I know, listen, I, I've joked about this before, and some of you here that may be a little bit older, you might, this music these kids listen, this rap music these kids listen to, you know, they're, they're going to go to hell for listening. Listen, your honky-tonk music is worse than that. <laughs> so my point to all of this is, we, we need to filter what we allow into our minds. We need to filter what we allow into our hearts. You know, it wasn't that long ago, I was, I was telling the first crowd on Sunday, uh, this morning, the, the first um, experience, that for so many years, the extent of the movies in my house were about big purple dinosaurs and cartoons, and so my kids are a little bit older now, but so um, it wasn't that long ago, you, you know, that's, that's where we used, the movies we used to watch, but some of my wife got to go out on a, a date night, and so we thought, well, let's just go to the movies. I haven't been to the movies for a while, and we, we go in, we're watching this movie, and, and man, all of a sudden, some of the stuff in the movie, you ever be sitting there and just some things are saying, something just like start feeling uncomfortable and squirmy in the, in the chair, and all of a sudden, just more and more happens, and She's looking at me, she's like, I don't feel comfortable. And I'm like, yeah. And, and all of a sudden, man, it just got worse and worse and worse. She's like, I think we ought to leave. I said, I'm with you. We're out of here. And you know, all of a sudden they hit you. I just paid $44 for these tickets for the both of us. Spent $185 on popcorn. <laughs> I don't, I'm not going to waste my money. But you know what? I don't care if it costs me $200 and I walk out. It's not worth my soul. It's not worth my thoughts. 
And we can't just put the music on our head and put it on our, on our beats and just let it come into us and come in because it's telling us a message. And here's why it's so important. Because what you keep hearing, what you keep seeing, it affects you. And eventually it's going to affect your belief system. And if it affects your belief system, it, it hampers your choices and your choices determine your destiny. So we can't just open our mouth and our hearts and just receive this message after message after message because it will influence you. How many this morning did the worship music influence you? Did it impact you? And music just has that, it has that ability to do so. So in our lives, what am I saying? On an ongoing basis, we need to keep making a decision every morning. I'm gonna honor God above everything. His word, his will, his ways. And I'm gonna, on an ongoing basis, make an intentional decision that I'm responsible, that I'm gonna keep things from coming in and, and causing me to compromise. See, what the devil, see here's, the devil's crazy. If he can't keep you from Jesus, he just wants to keep you miserable. He just wants to keep you frustrated as a believer. And so any way he can get at us, we need to make sure, you know, and I'm not saying this, if you're at the mall and something's playing, God will protect you from that. So if you're walking through the mall and some song comes out, oh my gosh, devil, devil, don't. I'm not talking, I'm talking about you making a willful choice on an ongoing basis, just allow every influence in your life. And then you're gonna sit here on a Sunday and be like, I'm believing for the favor of God. I'm believing for God to do this. I'm ready to go to the next level. You'll struggle to believe that you can because the influences that are telling you that you can't. It will keep you in such a carnal state that you'll miss out on the spiritual things. It's not sending you to hell, but it will keep you from some next level stuff because you'll have trouble believing for it. And here's one. Can I get picky for just a second? This is an area me and my wife have a real conviction on. Um, You know, we're getting close to Halloween and every movie that's going to come out, it's going to be like spooky and scary. And and a lot of times we, and everyone likes a good spook, right? But we'll just go sit in a theater and pay our $40 and our $800 for popcorn and biggie sized drinks and get jacked up on caffeine and just let what? Fear come. Fear, fear. And we wonder why our faith won't work because we've allowed a spirit of fear to saturate us. And we don't see it coming. That's why I said, let's take this spiritual remote and say, you know what? I need to get some fear out of my life. Now, I'm not here. I'm not going to give you a list of who to listen to and what movie. Not. That's not what this is about. But it's saying as believers, we, we need to say, you know what? Enough of that. that. That's keeping me from freedom in my life. That's keeping a spirit of fear in my house. That, that beats keeping me in an impure place. There's some things I'm about. I got to tune that channel out. I got to tune that. So I don't care if it's rap, honky tonk, hard rock. It doesn't matter. But I'm going to tune that out. Are you with me? Take control of the space. Don't just let anything that comes. Y'all with me? I got one more. And this is a very interesting one. So Paul says we need to abstain ourselves from areas that will cause us to fall into idolatry, impurity. And then he, he dealt with this other area. And so I would word it this way. We need to make a choice to be accountable to keep unity at all costs. So Paul was dealing with idolatry. He was dealing with impurity. And he's dealing with disunity. And this will make sense if you just stay with me. So I've used three words this morning. I've used the word honor. I've used the word responsible. And I've used the word accountable. How many of you would say that is missing in our culture? If you are a public school teacher, you agreed with the statement I just made. If you're a coach, you know what I'm saying. If you're a boss, you know what I'm saying. It's just missing. But yet it's not missing from the scripture. 
It's what Paul was saying. Let's have some honor, be responsible, and be accountable. Let me read you a few really eye-popping scriptures. This will make sense. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 21 says this. We are taking great pains. We're being deliberate, intense, to do what's right. I mean, sometimes it takes some great effort to do the right thing. But look at the rest of the scripture. Not only in the eyes of the Lord, but also in the eyes of who? Also in the eyes of man. So what the scripture's teaching us is, yeah, before the Lord, we, we, we wanna do what's right before God. But a lot of people will say this, it doesn't matter, this is between me and God. You know, I just gotta answer to God. Well, the Bible says, also in the eyes of who? Man. Now, let, let, let's back that up with Romans chapter 14. Y'all doing good? Down the home stretch here. Romans chapter 14. So then each of us will give an account or we will be accountable ourselves to God. So therefore, let's stop passing judgment on each other. Instead, let's make up our mind not to put any type of stumbling block or obstacle in the way of a brother or a sister. Now the word stumbling block is a really interesting word because what it means is let's not trip over it. Let's not put something in someone's way that they would trip over. Let's not put an obstacle in someone's way. And it really is, um, the best way I can explain it is it, it, it describes an animal trap. And this animal trap, there's a, there's, there's a part of the animal trap that you put bait on. And when the animal takes that bait, the cage falls and it's trapped that animal. That thing that's used is a word called the scandalon. It's where you and I get the English word Scandal. And what it's saying is don't you as a believer allow yourself to be somewhere doing something, partaking in something that will cause a brother or sister of yours to trip up and stumble in their conscience or even to fall into something. And we're responsible for that. We're actually accountable for that. See, we're all accountable to each other. Because there's this thing, because we live in America, that what is just between me and God, this is my opinion, and it doesn't matter what someone thinks. I don't care what someone thinks. And that's wrong thinking. The Bible says we're accountable to each other. You know, I'm accountable as your pastor not to be certain places, not to do certain things, because it could trip you up. Well, you're the pastor. You should. That's why we pay you the big bucks. No, that's not this principle. The principle is we all need to have this mentality. Let, let, let's read on. You, do you all still love me? Thank both of you for that. Verse 14. <laughs> Look what it says, I am convinced and I'm fully persuaded in Jesus that really nothing is unclean in itself. But if anything, if anyone regards something as unclean, for that person it's actually unclean. But if your brother or your sister is distressed because of what you're eating, you're not acting in love anymore. So do not by your eating destroy someone from whom Christ has died. Therefore, don't let what you know is good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not about eating and drinking, but it's actually about righteousness, peace, joy, and the Holy Spirit. Because anyone who serves Christ in this way is actually pleasing God, and he receives human approval. So what the scripture is saying, it, it's not your right to just be however you want, because we're, we're accountable to God, and we're accountable to each other. But it's also going on saying, it's not about the rituals of eating and drinking. It's about the heart matter that, guys, we need to be in this together and we need to be united together. Let's read on. Verse 19, let us therefore make every effort, every, what? Effort to do what leads to peace 
and mutual edification. Don't destroy the work of God for the sake of some food, because actually all food is clean, but it's wrong for a person to eat anything that would cause someone else to stumble. It's better not to eat that or drink that to do anything else that would cause your brother or sister to fall. Now, there's a lot of verbiage in there, a lot of stuff going on, but really what it's saying is this. We shouldn't make someone stumble by our actions. So because you just want to do something because it's your right, as a believer, the moment you came to Jesus, you laid your rights down. Now, you should love me for preaching you the truth this morning. And for you and me, this is why I had to add the first point. It all starts with, above everything, I'm going to honor God. I'm going to elevate the words of Jesus and the will of God and the ways of God above my desires, opinions, and feelings. And I'm going to be responsible. There are not some things I'm going to let come into my sphere on a regular basis that will cause me to compromise. And you know what? I'm not just accountable to God. I'm actually accountable to everyone else in this room and in this church that I don't want them to come into disunity. I don't want them to stumble. I don't want them to fall back under. See, all we got to do, if we start opening these doors, we can fall back into stuff that we used to be involved in in our lives that God delivered us from. And there are some people going through some things that you don't know what they've come out of and you don't want to influence them and we're accountable to that. And I want to close with, with this statement that, that I wrote down on my notes, and it says this. Are you going to be a conduit, a detour, or a transmitter of the grace of God? Are you going to be a conduit, a detour, or a transmitter of the goodness of God? Man, it would be horrible if my actions, if my desires, if my wants, if my opinions caused somebody to have the grace of God detoured from their life because of my actions. I want my actions to be a catalyst and a conduit to propel people toward Jesus and the goodness of God. I'm not preaching a message today that we're all gonna become perfect. I'm not preaching a message today that it's all about pleasing other people. But what I am saying is there's a bigger picture here than your impulse. There's a bigger picture here than your opinions. And there's a bigger picture here than your wants and your desires. And the bigger picture is I'm gonna honor God I'm gonna be responsible for what I allow because this is not gonna compromise. I'm not gonna allow it to bring compromise. And I'm gonna be accountable because if, if, if some of my distractions cause someone to be detoured from God's goodness, I'm accountable for that. We're accountable to each other. This is what Paul was saying, abstain from anything that brings disunity. And in, in, in context, I get it. They're talking about these foods that the Jewish people would have been offended by if they knew they ate food that came off of the sacrifice. And really, this is what he said in context. He said, don't go in and take food off the altar and eat it. He basically was saying this, if you find it in the marketplace and buy it and eat it, that's fine, but don't do, but for the Gentile person, was it a big deal for them to take that because that's not how they did sacrifice? Not really, but if it messed with the mind and the heart of a Jewish believer, it was wrong. Even for them, it wasn't wrong to go in there and take that meat. Just like for you. Maybe there's something in your conscience, but man, if, it's, if it causes someone else to trip up, and our opinion has been, man, they gotta deal with it. I'm free. I got grace, man. I'm free. The truth says those free. No, you're accountable. We're accountable to the words of Jesus. Amen? Why don't we all stand?